This is Cammie. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number five. Take it live. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? So Madeline, today we're talking about live events for online communities. Isn't that a little bit strange? I mean, why is a live event important to build an online community? Well, you know, it's interesting. Like you don't have to have a live event for an online community. You can certainly have your communities. I think having a live event is more like, you know, the big benefit, the icing on the cake. Like I was at Social Media Marketing World earlier this year and I reached out to all the people that come on the Twitter Smarter Chat. And I said, hey, are you going to be at this live event, this conference? And a bunch of people said yes. So I thought, well, I'm going to host a live Twitter Smarter Chat with all of them. And Kimmy, it was so amazing to take a whole group of people that are normally on the Twitter Chat every week and actually bring them together live in person. There is nothing like it. So that was just an amazing experience you know, getting to see people in person, getting to actually hug them, you know, get to like look them in the eye, you know, on the internet, we talk about digital eyeballs, but to be able to to actually see them face to face is just nothing like it in the world. No, I totally agree. I mean, having been in the online world for over a decade now, there's so many times that I've gone to a conference or joined up with some of my community members at different places. And it's like, even though you've never met them in person, the first time you see them, it's like, an old friend that you're meeting up with, right? For the first time. Um, It's awesome. Or just somebody that you never will forget. So I just love that. You know, you hug them, you just like look them in the eyes. You're just so happy to have like connected with them. And I think that has to do with connection, right? This whole need for connection. So even though we're online, the physical, you know, face-to-face is still really, really important. So you were talking about social media marketing world. And one of the questions I had is, do you need to have your own event? Or is it okay to hijack somebody else's? What do you mean by hijacking? You know what I mean? Like you show up at a conference and you meet up with the people that you have a community with, even though it's not your your event specifically, the people come and meet you. So could you talk a little bit about what you did at Social Media Marketing Marketing World? I mean, did you talk to the organizers before you did this or did you just yeah, do it? Yeah, I did. You know, I don't think you necessarily have to. I mean, if you want to put on an event, I mean, let's look at South by Southwest real quick. South by Southwest is this huge event Now, back when I was in the music business, I wanted to be part of South by Southwest and they turned me down. They said, no, we don't want you and your group of female musicians. So I did my own thing. I called it unofficial South by Southwest and did our own thing that had nothing to do with the event and the organizers. But for Social Media Marketing World, I have a great relationship with them. They invite me to speak every year. So what I did is I reached out to them and explained that, hey, I'm going to be there when I host my chat, which is on Thursdays, and it happened to be on the West Coast, it would be at 10 a.m. And I thought, well, this is actually perfect because the morning keynote will be just finished and is right before they go into the big presentations for the day. And I thought, wow, I could actually like probably reach a lot of new people to come hang out with us. But I asked them if it's okay. Like, can I come be 
at the convention center. I was actually thinking, Cami, I'd have to have it offsite, right? Because many times they don't want you to have even something small like this. They don't want they don't want to disrupt the event, right? But they right. were very cool about it. And they said, sure, you can do it at the convention center, you know, find yourself a place. And I found an area where they had a bunch of tables in the walkway area, like when you're walking to where the presentations are. And we basically like said, hey, we're going to go meet outside this room and just come see us where the big tables are. And we took over one of the tables and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I mean, it's so cool because it's like a community within a community, you know, like uh, yes. working that together. And I do like that you talk to them about it because that I think is kind of important. I know South by Southwest can be a little prickly and that was fun that you guys kind of did that. I think that, you know, women musicians are worth, you know, disrupting the man. Yes. Um, yes. And so we I'm did. All for that. Yeah, I'm all for that. But I do like that you did ask. And I know a lot of people that it's actually a PR tactic that I know a lot of my friends and we have even employed where, you know, the night before an event, we'll have a, a dinner or something like that before the event starts, because people are usually flying in and kind of getting settled. And there's not necessarily a big opening event, there may be or may not be before the big morning event. So, you know, or after it's over, like right at the end, you know, staying for one extra night and doing something special. So you can do things on the margins of bigger events for smaller online communities. So I love that idea. And I'm so glad that you did that because I think I saw a great picture on your Facebook wall a couple weeks ago where you showed that meeting with those people and you could just see the beam in their face and their eyes. Everybody was so happy. I think everybody left that interaction super energized. They Uh, really did. They were excited to meet me because I don't know why, but some people like view me larger than life and I just don't get it. Cammy. I'm just a doer. You know, at the end of the day, I just go and I make things happen. But some people are like, oh my gosh, I, Madeline Sklar. But yeah, they were a lot of them were really excited to meet me. And yeah, it shows in that photo. And we we just had a great time. That's what it was all about is, is bringing people together and having them all connect. Because Kimmy, you're a connector like me. There's nothing better than bringing people together like that and then watch them go off and do things together right? Well, it's amazing. I, think, I think that's really what brings that sparkle too. I mean, it's great to meet the person who has like allowed them to have these relationships with each other, yeah. which I think is the big part. That's the big draw of a great community is having the community members connect with each other. And if you think about it from a branding point of view, I mean, this is very much our own community kind of experiences, but I've done this for brands as well, where we have these communities and we bring them together at events. And what's great about it is that they love meeting each other. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they'll say, oh my gosh, so-and-so is going to be at this event, whoever that person is. So, you know, a lot of the events we've done have been with influencers for brands. So I will collect people as people call me. I've had people call me a people collector. I'll collect different people and then I will, I'll introduce them to each other and they like just love that because they have all different backgrounds and they have different kinds of ways of connecting and they would never be able to necessarily connect together except for that opportunity. So think of that too, whenever you're putting together a live event, how can you make the mix of people that are going to be there beneficial to each other? You know, so that's another way that you can really like kick these events right out of the park. It's a really, really cool. I guess I should say hit. So you can tell I'm not a sports person. (laughs) I'm more of a theater arts person, but you know what I'm saying? If you want to hit it out of the park, the thing that you can do is just make sure that the people fit and mesh with each other. Think about that. 
really important. That's such a great point. Now, you put on lots of different events, and we were just at a big event together called Give Houston. Tell us about all that. Okay, yeah. So we did the Big Give Houston. And what happened there is once a year for 24 hours, and a lot of cities do this, a city, which is Houston in this case, will take a bunch of nonprofits and we'll do a 24-hour giving event with them. And what that's gonna, what's going to happen with that, and, and by the way, it's not my event, this 24-hour thing, I didn't do that. But the organizers of that event came to me and said, hey, we have all of these nonprofits that are going to be doing this huge giving event where they have to like fundraise like nonstop for 24 hours. And they know they need social media to get this done. But not all of them are super comfortable with social media. Some are, some aren't. So they wanted to do a half day social media session training with them. And so what was really cool about that is that I have the social media breakfast group, which we can talk a little bit more about here. And we have already a couple of times. But the social media breakfast group are really a huge group of amazing social media marketers. And I thought, well, yeah, sure. Why don't we get the social media breakfast crowd to come in and teach these nonprofits social media? How cool would that be? Brilliant. It was brilliant. And the cool part about it is that we only had a couple of weeks to organize this. And half of that time I was on vacation. So um, (laughs) so it really did require a community effort to make it happen. And so I reached out to a number of people in the community, including you and a bunch of others that are amazing in the community and just said, hey, can you guys come out and help us put this together? And many of them jumped right in. Elizabeth Hamilton, I will have to give her great credit because she really coordinated things on the uh, logistical end at the, at the venue while I was gone. And all of all of you all came out, you know, and I was really, really impressed by that. But the cool thing about it is that that was the community. And yes, I built that community, so to speak. I'm putting quotes around my head because, you know, I built it. But the truth is, is that the community has a life of its own. If you build a true community, that's the other thing you have to know as a brand. You can't control it necessarily either. You know, you've got to know that the community has a life of its own to a certain extent. So that is one of the, I'm not going to call it drawback, but risks of that is that, you know, the community does have some power with your brand. But the cool part is that they will rally around and like rise up to do amazing things like the Big Give Houston event was. And we got raving reviews from all the nonprofits that came. People were really excited to work with these amazing influencers and social media. And so I think that is the chemistry of an amazing community. Yeah. So. And, and, and incorporating a live event into that. Right. And using those live events. And that's a really great way for a, a community to do a live event as well, to do something to help another community, you know? So like right. we were, we got together to help the big give nonprofit community. Right. So that's, that's the kind of thing. And especially as a brand, I mean, brands have such an opportunity here because they have some, what I call superpowers that mere mortals like myself, you don't have, which is things like resources, money, area, you know, so they have places to hold these events. So Growthly came along with us to do that. And that's where we held the event was at Growthly. And Growthly completely donated all of this, the classroom space and all of that. And Growthly is a co-working place. So it's perfect for them because now they can showcase this amazing space they have. So there's a win, win, win in all of this. And I think live events really do give you that opportunity in a way that just online communities don't. I totally agree. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned your social media breakfast group. So like you started that 
when you came to a city when you didn't even know anybody. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So a lot of people, it's funny because I get a lot of people that come up to me and talk to me about the social media breakfast. And that started nearly 10 years ago at this point. So at this point, we have like a smooth running machine, or hopefully you would after that many years, right? So it took some time to get to that point. But what I would say is that when I moved to Houston, I knew like three or four people that I followed and we followed mutually on Twitter. This was way, 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 way back in 2008 when I moved here. And, you know, I'd been on Twitter for about a year and a half because I was an early adopter. And I knew a few people in Houston through Twitter, but very, very, you know, distantly. And so the first thing I did was I, I tried to get in touch with these people. And I said, hey, let's meet. I want to meet you because I just was coming to a city and I wanted to meet people. You know, I wanted to know people in the town. I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't looking for work. I wasn't looking for anything except for just connection. Yeah. And so I went and met with several of those people. And some of the earliest ones were Jennifer Tejada. And she was the social media director at MD Anderson. And I met her through Sandra Fernandez, who was at the time the, the uh, communications director for the, the city library, the Houston City Library. And so I met these people, you know, they introduced me to each other. And Jennifer eventually started Social Media Breakfast with me. And I felt comfortable starting it with her because she knew more people than I did in Houston. So I was, my biggest fear was I'd have this social media breakfast and I wouldn't know who to invite to speak and nobody would talk to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nobody would talk to me. And now, you know, 10 years later, if I send out yeah. an invitation, it's rare that I don't get somebody like, oh yeah, we'd love to speak at that event. That'd be awesome. But back then, you know, we were meeting in the co- a coffee house called Coffee Grounds that doesn't even exist anymore. But what I really was trying to do was fill a need for myself with that event. So I really wanted to have an event where I would meet with other like-minded people that were working in social media. And I wanted to have it in the morning because all of the other events in town were happening in, at noon. And I live kind of far out in the city. So if I, it would take me like four hours of my day to go out and do a luncheon and come back. And selfishly, I just wanted to do it in the morning after my kids were off to daycare at the time. I wanted to be able to go to an event, meet with some people, get to know a few people, and then go on with my day. And you know, the first time I called a meeting, we had 30 people show up, which was like wow, shocking to me, really, because I didn't know anybody in Houston. So it was amazing. So what that showed me is that there was a need for that time slot to have an event like that. Right. It's not like I was some great person or great thing, because again, you know, I had a nice, you know, blog and I had a nice social media presence, but people didn't know me personally. So it was amazing to have that. And of course they knew Jennifer to a certain extent too. So Jennifer brought that as well. So my point is, is that if you find a need that needs to be filled and you fill it, you're going to be surprised at the, the reaction that you get. So you are in search of a need that needs to be filled. And that's the community that you build. If you want to build one, you can also join a community, which we talked about sure. in one of our previous episodes. And you can listen to that for some tips on how to do that. But the end of the day, if you're going to start a community, you need to look for a need to fill and then fill it. Yeah. But what if you start this and no one shows up? There's always that fear. Yeah. Believe me, I was scared that day that nobody would show up. I bet. <laughs> I was like, great. Here's the thing. Even if only five people show up, you validated the idea because yeah. uh, that means if those five people show up and you have value that you're giving and they're very excited about it, 
and you co-opt them into the experience. Like you don't try to sell them something or do something crazy, but instead you say, Hey, we're building this thing together. You have this whole, we're in it together kind of attitude. If each one of those persons only invited five of their friends, let's say that's 30 people. It adds up. It does add up. And even if they only invited two, that's 10. Let's just start saying that. And so you, and you have to ask them. That's the other part of it. Ask them to invite people. You know, say, Hey, we're going to have this again and then be consistent. So one of the things I've done is consistently, I've always had this meeting exactly at the same time every month. Um, at first it was the first Friday of every month. And then we moved it to the second Friday, somewhere in the third year. So I realized that the first Friday often fell on like labor day and Memorial day. And we were always fighting with holidays. So we moved it to the second Friday and we've never moved it since. And, you know, I've had people beg me to like, Oh, I have a meeting that's every Friday. I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I'd love for you to do it, but I live stream it. You can, you'll have to just watch it later. And I don't move it really for anyone. And the reason why is because I want the community to always know when it's going to be yeah. and show up. That's um, smart. So consistency is really important. And I think it's same thing with podcasts. That's why we, we put this out every Wednesday, right? Yeah. We're going to put this out every Wednesday because over time we want you to be our community. We really want the, you to join us like and know when we're going to be there. And even if you don't show up one week, the next week when you do show up, we're still there, you know, and that's really part of it, too, is just being super consistent in what you do. I found that, you know, that definitely slow and steady does win the race when it comes to community. But anyway, if nobody does show up and nobody continues to show up, then you probably need to go back to the drawing board and figure out where the need really lies. And maybe you talk to the people that you want to attract to your community and ask them, what is the one thing that you're trying to solve in your business? Or what is the one thing you're trying to do? And ask them questions, get on the phone with them or Skype them or whatever you want to do, live stream with them and ask them, what is it that you're looking for? Like, what is the one challenge you're trying to overcome? And maybe they say, it may not be, I need to know more about social media topics. It may be something like, you know, I need this. So if, And so if I had found out that my people didn't really want to talk about social media, they wanted to talk about how to sustain a social media business, we would have had to shift the focus. So I think that's the pivot. That's the word pivot. You need to to pivot, you know, so don't keep banging on the door if it's not working. Also examine yourself, make sure that you're not using it as a sales pitch engine, because most people don't like that. Like if they show up and they know that you're trying to promote yourself over the topic, or, you know, you always have the same three speakers every time, that's going to be a problem too. I know that people don't want to, w- to waste their time either. So I've, I've heard yeah. of communities where, you know, people would show up and then they say, oh, let's talk about our best practices. And they did that every single time. If you don't like shake it up from time to time, people get bored and they move on. They feel like, oh, I've already been there and done that, done it anyway. Right. So. I know. So, You know, when it comes to events, I feel like the idea is the seed and the roots are the event, right? When it comes to to doing this, you know, it always starts off with the idea. And if the idea takes off, I mean, it's that seed that just grows into something amazing. You know, I did my Twitter Smarter Chat. I didn't know if anybody would show up. I wanted to start a chat where we just share Twitter tips. Real simple, Twitter tips. I put it out there. Not sure if anybody would show up, but I, I set a date, set a time was going to just do it every week, be consistent. And I promoted the heck out of it. And I thought, you know what, if it's just me and five colleagues, I'm fine with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I know there's a huge fear of are people going to show up? And I think you just have to go for it and be consistent and promote the heck out of it. I think that's the key. 
But there was also a need for that too, which is why I think that really succeeded for you. And I remember you talking about that and saying when you first started it, so I was kind of around during that, but you said some stuff like, hey, you know, I saw that there was no Twitter chats out there about doing better with Twitter. And that yeah. seemed like a hole to me, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, well, what's interesting is, you know, if there's a hole, you can fill it, right? You know, and, and there was definitely a hole there. There was nobody doing this. I was so shocked. Like after all these years, Twitter's been out there. Why has nobody done a chat? I And podcasts. I mean, I have a podcast, same thing, Twitter tips. So surprising. But on the flip side, what if there were 10 people doing it? I could bring something to the table that's different. So I don't want people to think, oh, there's 10 people or five people or 100 people doing what you want to do. What can you do to stand out and make yours different? Right. And you can bring a niche to it too, right? Like, so, you know, if I was going to do Twitter for authors or something like that, exactly. or, you know, that wouldn't be me, but, or uh, say I would do Twitter for marketers. Like, how do you do that as a marketer? How do you do all that without being shouty? You know, how do you manage that? So, I mean, there's, you can really niche down quite a bit on all of these things, right? They say the riches are in the niches. (laughs) I agree. I actually agree with that completely. And it's really hard because you don't want to like shut off any people. But I find that when you when you talk to everyone, you talk to no one. And when you talk to a single person, then those people bring other people and those people may not be the same genre. I mean, there could be all kinds of different people that are in your Twitter chat, even though you focus on a specific thing. So I'm sure with Go Girls, which was your music online community, that you mostly had women, but I'm sure from time to time you had men too, right? Oh, absolutely. I made it so that you had to have at least one female in the group. So we didn't completely exclude guys. So that really opened us up to having plenty of guys in the community. But occasionally we had bands that had just all guys. And actually, this is a really quick, funny story I'll tell. So I met this band in New York City, great guys, young, hungry for attention and promotion, great music. And me and the singer totally hit it off. And for weeks, he's like, I want to join Go Girls. What can we do? I said, bring a girl in the band. Well, it turns out that they lost the bass player and needed a new bass player. So he purposely got a female bass player so they could join Go Girls music. And I just thought that was amazing. And they went on to play some of our shows, even played one of our South by Southwest shows. And they were so grateful for the opportunity, but they saw opportunity and they took it. And it was just an amazing experience to see somebody go that far to come be, because he saw how great our community was and wanted right. to be part and of it. And he wanted to be part of it. And I think that's right. I mean, so, you know, that's a really good example from both sides, like how to be a part of a community and also how to have a community. So I think, you know, that's just, that's a great place to end this because what a great yeah. story. So absolutely. Um, anyway, so we have a call to action usually at every episode and we have what we, today is no different. We're going to have, we a like action to- takers. Yeah, we Listen, we action takers. This is the place for you. Yes, please. This is please. This is your community for sure. So this is our idea. We want you to take the chance anytime that you have it to meet and get together with someone who lives locally in your online community. So first of all, be a part of an online community. Twitter Smarter is a great one to start with because there's people all over the world with Twitter Smarter. So wherever you are in the world, believe me, somebody is in your area listening and um, dealing with either the podcast or they're online doing the Twitter Smarter chat. But no matter what your community, our challenge to you is this week, we want you to reach out to someone in that community that lives nearby, either close enough to have coffee or lunch or something like that, 
Or if you really can't find someone that close to you, then definitely on Skype or somewhere like that, where you have a face-to-face conversation with someone in your community. You can also use communities that convert as a new community, but you could try that as well. Use that hashtag, throw it in there. Video Reply Day is another great community that you could possibly look into. Listen to Uh, the last episode. We talked all about that. Right. So that would be really good. And so we want you to do that and then take a picture, either like a screenshot of you guys talking to each other, right? Or, you know, a picture like your live faces and then tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it. We'll be checking all those places with communities that convert hashtag, which is becoming a hilarious joke because it's such a long hashtag, but communities that convert hashtag. And we will be monitoring that hashtag for your photo. And we will definitely call you out in the podcast, right? We will, because we I love mean, the action takers. So exactly. yeah, be part of a community and let us see it. We want to see it. Take that snapshot. Now, we have big news, Cami. I'm so excited. We just found out we are ranked number 61. This podcast is ranked number 61 in Greece this week. What? Are you serious? We Isn't just, that amazing? We just launched. <laughs> we just launched and we're already we're already moving up the ranks. We're 61 in Greece. They love oh us my over goodness. there. We are taking over the world one small country at a time. <laughs> I love it. And I'm also excited that we got our first two reviews, our first two first two iTunes reviews of this podcast. Courtesy of a cool service that we're using is called Pod Rover. You can check it out at podrover.com. So they email me, it to you, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can have it set up to get an email notification. You can log in, go to the website, get the information. I have it set to email me and notify me. So every time there is a new review, and this is worldwide, people may not know this. If you have a podcast and you are collecting the reviews, you know, staying on top of the reviews, if it's outside your country, like we're in the US, if somebody does it outside our country, it's not easy to access it. So it's better to have a service like like this, like Pod Rover, and they will go and they'll collect it for you. So for instance, we have, well, first I'm going to read read this one we just got from Kirsten Oliphant. She's somebody we both know and love here in Houston. She's in our local community. And listen to this amazing review. She says, I am so excited about this podcast. The topics are super relevant from two people who are expert community builders with years of experience. Their conversations are genuine, flow well, and have a great back and forth that make a really great listen. Madeline and Cami have created something really special and really needed. Thank you, Kirsten. That is so awesome of you to say that. Thank goodness. I like so admire Kirsten too, because she's got a great podcast called Creative Writing. I've been a guest on her podcast before, and I have to say that is like high praise and I really appreciate it. And she doesn't say stuff unless she actually means it, which really like kind of makes me want to kind of chokes me up a little bit. But anyway, that's awesome. Kirsten, thank you so much. And also from a Natasha video reply day, one of our video reply day friends, we got this one. Building communities that convert is a task that makes listening to this podcast a must for everyone. Cami and Madeline generously share their knowledge and expertise in the field by focusing and breaking down a vast array of topics on the community building arena, all with a twist. You have to listen for the twist, right? These two ladies are fun, have an amazing chemistry, and make you feel like you're there with them, being part of the conversation. And that is awesome. Thanks, Natasha, so much for that. That is totally awesome. Thank you so much, Natasha. We would appreciate it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us tremendously. 
Well, all right, Cammie, I think that's going to be it for this episode. All right. Well, that's a wrap. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.